1: This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a RotoViz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Jeremy Roach, one half of the high stakes franchise Grounded Pound, along with his co manager, Danny Mueller. Not only have the pair won well over $100,000 in their high-stakes career in the FFPC, but they also have multiple teams in contention this season in the FFPC Main Event, Football Guys Players Championship, and also own the top team in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship with just one week to play. In this episode, we talk about why he and Mueller have so much Barkley, Mahomes, and DJ Moore exposure this season how to handle Derrick Henry in week 16 and what to do with the Bears in championship week against the 49ers. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listener's only 30% discount to a RotoViz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com/podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's six-figure FFPC high-stakes winner, Jeremy Roach.
3: I am sitting with, uh, with a longtime high-stakes player uh, on, on many different platforms, a guy who's won a ton of money, but most importantly, my go-to bourbon guy. It's Jeremy Roach. Jeremy, thank you for joining me on the uh on the lowdown this week.
4: Thank you, Balky. It
3: the is uh, it, it, and it well thank you. It's uh it's uh it's always good to talk to you at this time of year. Or talk to any fantasy player this time of year because it's the festive season. No not the holidays, not Christmas, not even Hanukkah. It is championship week. So this is Going to be a very fun show. We're going to get into a lot of issues, and, and we, we might get into some Dynasty stuff as well, as we are always looking forward to the the following year. Before we do all that, Jeremy, when you are not playing fantasy football, can you give the, the listeners an idea of what you're doing for a living?
4: Actually, it's funny you ask that. Uh, I just recently had a career change. I was a police officer for 13 years in a suburb on the south side of Chicago. For anyone not familiar with that area, it's pretty rough and impoverished, and in terms of law enforcement, very busy. So I decided to make a switch, currently trying my hand as a financial advisor. I have a few other opportunities I'm also exploring, so I guess at the age of 35, I'm still trying to decide what I want to be when I grow up.
3: Yeah, well, the great thing about this is you and I are roughly the same age. We have our whole lives in front of us yes, yet, and I feel like while you are uh, trending up, I have plenty of time to screw this, th- this whole thing up yet for over the next three <laughs> decades of my life. So that's, that's very interesting, and I'm, I'm glad to hear uh, that, you have, uh, that you've made the change, that you've, uh, that you've done something uh, different. That's always exciting and, and a lot of times very uh, personally rewarding as well. Uh, from a financial reward standpoint, you have a lot of skin in the game not only the FFPC main event, uh, but also the Football Guys Players Championship, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. What's it been like for, for you following those teams over, now we're two-thirds of the way done with, with the three-week championship sprint, and I know you've had some players on, on some teams that have really helped you, uh, but those same players sometimes uh, can hurt you uh, in, in, in other areas as well. What's it been like um, following all of these teams over the last couple of weeks?
5: Well,
4: to be honest, it's been a little crazy. There's been some highs and some lows. At one point after the Thursday games this week, you know, we had started Day- Damian Williams and Justin Jackson in a few of the tournament leagues. So we really moved up leaderboards on you know, the Thursday game. And then obviously I knew it was going to be tough to hang on, but I was hoping for just that one team to have the huge week it gives a separation for a week 16 run in an overall championship. So oddly enough, when the best, the dust all settles, we ended up being high up on the Kentucky, the, K- the Kentucky fancy football state championship leaderboard, which I didn't think really had a shot because I wasn't paying attention to it. I was <laughs> attention to the other ones that I thought were superior teams. But as you just alluded to, there were players that, got me there, who kind of let me down. So after getting a huge boost from Damian Williams, Saquon Barkley, who was my guy this year, kind of let me down and deflated that balloon of excitement that has been growing. So, you know, it's it's really been up and down. It's been rough, but we're forging on and we're grinding.
3: Yeah, indeed you are. And let's talk about Barkley here for a second because this is a guy I remember back... I, I can't remember if we were doing Pros versus Joes um, on the hour or if it was just one of the regular shows. And I kind of said in passing because I was thinking about the top of the leader or the top of the of the of the draft board, and, and it was at that point it was still basically, you know, Gurley and and, and Le'Veon Bell is like the top two choices. Uh, sometimes David Johnson, but usually Gurley and Bell. And um, Dave and I were talking that my co-host on the hour Dave Gerzak, we were talking about who the number three player would be, and the more I thought about it, the more I, I I was drawn to Saquon Barkley. I said, you know who I think it is? I think it's Saquon Barkley. And he's like, oh, that's insanity, or whatever, you know. And you you can't take him that high. This this guy could be, um, you know, Curtis Enos 2.0 or, or something like that. But the guy was so electric, and and the, all the passes he's caught this year. Uh, if you've got a lot of shares of him, I mean, that certainly explains why why you have so many teams. Uh, still in contention this deep in the season.
4: I was extremely bullish on him yeah, early into the summer all the way through the fall. That was my de facto number three, number four. I was taking him over. I mean, I was taking him over Alvin Kamara regularly. And not everybody agreed with me, but I am of the belief, you take your guys and you live with the result. So that's what I did. And Saquon was my guy. He did absolutely help us. It hurt a little bit in the beginning of the season taking Saquon over Kamara. I won't lie. <laughs> right. before Ingram, before Ingram came back and Kamara was just blowing up, you know, I was somewhat questioning the decision. But I mean, overall Saquon's been extremely solid. He helped lead a lot of teams, and I have no complaints.
3: What, I'm just curious and you're probably going to say well Balky, it was a combination of the three things but but specifically was it the college production was it the fact that he had that you know the the, the he was built to be a, a strong NFL running back that could take a pounding was it the pass catching acumen that really drew drew yourself to to him and you know and on, on all these leagues was it a combination or what, what what kind of stood out what made him different than the other guys
1: at, at that spot?
4: I think you discovered it. It was a combination of all of them, and I really do think that prior to him beginning his NFL career, one of the underrated aspects of his game was his pass catching ability. I don't think a lot of people realize that, but you know, I, I do. I watched a lot of them. You know, I'm a heavy dynasty player, so a lot of my research and preparation goes into rookies. As well, you know, we do, Danny and I, we do all across the board, but I primarily focus on Dynasty early because I manage the majority of our Dynasty teams, and I was just enamored from with this guy from the beginning. So, you know, all throughout the year, he was just my guy. Saquon and- Barkley. If I got him in the draft, I was stoked about getting him in the draft.
3: Yeah, no, you you and me both. I I, I really liked him this year. Um, I I had him on on I had him on my my Scott Fishbowl team that ended up winning um, my my division this year. I don't know how I pulled that off, but you know, but I, I guess the, the whole thing about a blind squirrel and a nut comes to mind. Um, let me ask you that. Well, first we should tell the listeners, um, former guest of this show, Danny Mueller, uh, another longtime high stakes player. You guys have been co-managers for years on on, on a ton of teams. And, uh, and he's, obviously, you guys speak high, uh, very highly of each other, and, and, and it shows with all the cash you've won over the years. And this year, you and Danny have two top 30 teams in the FFPC main event. Uh, on one of them, I'm assuming, uh, in week 16, because it sounds like Melvin Gordon is going to be back, I'm assuming you're going to be sitting Justin Jackson. Now, uh, I looked at your bench on this team, and this is an interesting decision because you have the red-hot Derek Henry there. You also have... Mark Ingram sitting on your bench as well, and he's going to be taking on, uh, I believe, Pittsburgh uh, this week in in what should be, you would think, a high-scoring game. How Have you guys guys talked about this decision at all of of what you're going to do there, and uh, what's the thought process been like uh, when you're deciding between those two guys?
4: Well, I'll start at the beginning. So, assuming that Melvin Gordon and Ackler are active, it would be extremely hard to play Justin Jackson. As far as Derrick Henry goes, it's kind of funny. I was a pretty big Derrick Henry supporter. I thought he should have been getting more work than he was. You know, the Brable, his New England connection, Lewis, it, it just wasn't wasn't happen. So Lewis did perform out in the year, perform out uh, perform, outperform him early in the year. Tongue twisted there, but as the season wears on, you know, a big guy like Henry can beat up on defenders. So. I I was always a Henry supporter. Our beloved friend, Tupacker, Ron Meyer. <laughs> yep. He made sure to bust my balls about Henry all draft season. Early on in the year from Kentucky on. He even posted some on Twitter about how he was finally part of the cool kids because he drafted Henry in a league. Oh, yeah. yeah I, whatever. I
3: remember that tweet now. Yes.
4: <laughs> so just as I'm about to give up on this guy, right? He posts back-to-back games and goes over 500 yards, totaling 500 yards and six TDs over two games. So to be honest, I haven't made that decision yet. That's going to be something that we need to talk more in depth in between Henry, Ingram. I don't know. I'm just afraid that as soon as I put Henry in my lineup, I'll get the 14 rushes for 34, 34 yards, no touchdowns that we've come to expect from him for the first 12 13 weeks of the season
3: it's really bizarre you know I heard I heard another analyst saying um, I, was it after I think it was after this this past week's games saying that boy Derek Henry's gonna win a lot of people a, a lot of championships and I was like how many people had Derek Henry and, and they drafted him where he had to draft him? How many people actually made it this deep with them? There could, I mean, you were one of them because this is a very deep team that you had. And, um, and you, you got some, you were pretty shrewd on the waiver wire here with some of the running backs. But I, I don't, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's just like, how do you trust a guy who, who's spent two and a half months, three months really doing nothing for you, especially when, when all the cash is on the line this week.
4: Oh, I know it was extreme. I, I didn't play him against Jacksonville.
3: No. Who would no have? The right no. no one in their right
4: mind. No one in their right mind is going to play him against Jacksonville. I mean, a year ago, Jacksonville was one of the best defenses in the NFL. Now, granted, some things have changed, and they obviously had given up in that game. If you anybody that watched that 99-yard touchdown run where Derrick Henry was shoving people in all directions, <laughs> bowling his way to the end zone, can see that they just didn't care they yeah. didn't want to tackle them. they wanted no part of it and so that factored in my decision for not starting him this past week here in week 15 you know Danny and I talked about it and as bullish as I've been on them in the past without results inexplicably I liked him I just couldn't force myself to do it and then again he proves me wrong so now I'm faced with that tough decision: is Derrick Henry just a late-season blossomer, or is he going to revert back to what we have known Derrick Henry to be? And I don't know the answer. I don't know the question the answer to answer that question, but it's something I got to figure out within the next couple of days.
3: Yeah, you know, it's and and it's so tough because they, I mean, they play. I think they are one of the Saturday games this week. They play. Um, they're hosting Washington, yeah. and and that yeah. that defense has been, you know, that's that's been sort of a Jekyll and Hyde defense too. Or they look like, you know, world beaters one week, and then the next week they can't they they can't tackle anybody. So that's uh, one yeah. of one of the things that um, not just you, Jeremy, but a ton of people who have Derrick Henry on their bench uh, will be facing that decision uh, uh, as well. Uh, a guy who has been the opposite of Derrick Henry this season, a guy who's come through for you almost, I mean, basically every single week, it's Patrick Mahomes. This is another guy that you gave on your, uh, in your FFPC main event. Um, it seemed like, you know, drafting uh, against you guys in Kentucky and, and seeing what you guys did out in Vegas, it seemed like you had a, a decent uh, amount of Patrick Mahomes this year. I'm curious if that tr- truly was the case. And is there a rookie quarterback that, that you've seen this season that obviously is not going to take the step forward to be what Mahomes was this season, but a guy who could make that, that sophomore leap next year that, that is not going to be drafted among the top you know, ten quarterbacks, twelve quarterbacks next year that you can get as a backup um, that could really have a significant upside and 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 really help you out uh, in a lot of weeks in 2019 uh, if you wait on quarterback.
4: Well, we definitely did have a lot of exposure to Mahomes, but to be honest, it wasn't nearly enough, and the fact that we didn't have more is solely on me, and I have to take that. <laughs> Initially, it took me a while to come around on Mahomes. You know, I was liking guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and others going around the same area. Now, Danny, he's from Oklahoma. And as he likes to coin it, it's Big 12 country. He saw a lot of Mahomes. even saw him play live against his beloved Oklahoma Sooners. He told me how special this Mahomes kid was. Mm -hmm. and To make it clear, I never doubt. I didn't doubt it this time, I don't doubt it It just took me longer than it should have Before I started taking him You know, I don't think You know, there was probably a lot of people That liked Mahomes But I don't think anybody saw Or most people didn't see What he's doing coming And that's evident by his You know, double digit ADP This guy was going 10th round and beyond And the fact that he had the week by 12, it kind of factored in why I didn't want to take him early on in like football guys, the fantasy football players championship football guys tournament. I didn't take him because that that week 12 bye was just, I was like, you know, there's other guys. I'm just going to pass on them. And Danny just kept beating it like a drum. This guy's special. This guy's special. (laughs) And it took a little while before I came around to them. And luckily, by the time that the main events were happening, I would come around to it. And that's why you see we've had some great success in the main events. Almost all of our main event teams have Patrick Mahomes on them.
3: With, with, uh, with the second part of that question, I guess I'm trying to, I, and I don't know if, if it's Josh Allen or Josh Rosen or, or Lamar Jackson or even Sam Donald. Is there anybody that that could be in this position next year, where they they maybe they're not like a top five quarterback, but uh, a guy who who could be maybe a top seven or eight quarterback next year, uh, who's a rookie this year that that could make a big leap?
4: Well, I like M- Lamar Jackson, but if I got to narrow it down to one, I'm gonna say Baker Mayfield. He's gonna be my guy because once again, Danny loves Baker. <laughs> Now, a person might think it's his crimson-colored Sooner, Oklahoma Sooner glasses, but we've seen this guy at Oklahoma, and now we've seen him in the NFL. And the guy just has it. He has the moxie. He has, we can't be coached. And I just like him. I just flat out like him. He's a gamer. He's a player. And, I mean, look look what he's done to a franchise that has been just deplorable for how many years? And he's resurrected it. And he's a rookie. Baker Mayfield, simplistically as I can say it, that's the guy that –
3: and, and you're right. I mean, like you look at where he's probably going to be going next year. I'm sure he's to be drafted as a top 10, as uh-huh. maybe even a top 12 guy. I'll probably get him on a bunch of teams as, as my backup, and I'm, I'm sure I'll be playing him a lot next year. I think that's that's a really good point uh, with Mayfield for sure. Another guy that I know you and Danny were on uh, all season was uh, the rookie receiver from uh, Maryland, DJ Moore. You guys drafted him a ton in August and September. He certainly had some some flashy weeks. Um, But like a lot of rookie uh, pass catchers, he's been inconsistent this year. You look at 2019, uh, and and boy, you know, I watched that Monday night game with with the Saints and and the Panthers, and it just, like, my shoulder hurt every time I watched Cam Newton throw a pass. Like, it just, it looked like he was just throwing his whole body, everything he could into it, and his shoulder is just betraying. I mean, he just could not find the mark uh, as far as accuracy goes uh, to, to Curtis Samuel and to D.J. Moore. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to 2019 with DJ Moore, Cam Newton's shoulder is going to be healthy. You would think after a season, uh, of rest is DJ Moore, a big breakout guy for you guys next season.
4: Well, personally, I think DJ Moore is a super tip. I really like him outside of Saquon Barkley, who we discussed and I'm probably going to beat it at an ad nauseum because I'm just enamored with the guy. DJ Moore was the other rookie that I really, really liked. So we drafted him a ton. And I wasn't much of a fan. I'm still not much of a fan of Funches. So, you know, I remember back when the Panthers, I don't know if it was a byproduct of Cam not being an accurate quarterback, but they tried to go with these bigger receivers. Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches thinking we get these big tall receivers and even if Cam throws the high balls that he's known to do they're tall enough to catch them but it actually slowed down their offense I think that offense is predicated on the speed and they succeeded in the past when they had those speed guys so DJ Moore just he fits the offense I think a lot of DJ Moore's lack of contributions this year was – it can be attributed to coaching. I don't think that Ron Rivera is a guy that just likes to thrust rookies in necessarily at all-skill positions. But Cam's shoulder injury and Cam's inaccuracy combined with the shoulder injury – I think really contributed to the fact that DJ Moore wasn't what he could have been. So to answer your question, yes, I do think that DJ Moore 2019 and beyond is an excellent fantasy football wide receiver.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be on him a lot next year. I I think he is, uh, he is primed for a a big breakout. He could be um, uh, one of the, uh, like a potential, he'd, he'd be one of those weird um, league-winning receivers um, that you don't normally see. I mean, normally they're they're these late run running backs, but DJ Moore, especially if you draft early next year, I'm with you, man. I, I think um, I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, fantasy goodness to be mined uh, from getting as many shares of him as possible. Let's stick with his real-life teammate on the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey's been awesome this year. I know you got a bunch of him too. Uh, where does he go next year in the first round? Does he go in the top five? Does he go in the top three? Is he a top two pick next year, given what we've seen from him in 2018?
4: I definitely think he should be a top five pick. His talent and involvement in the off- offense certainly worthy of. I mean, obviously, he catches a ton of passes. He's shown the doubters that he can run between the tackles and grind out the tough yards. So... I mean, the guy's just a talent. I love watching him play. I would have owned him more if it were not for my infatuation with Saquon Barkley. (laughs) But when it came down to those two guys, I chose Saquon. Now, for the regular season, it was pretty split. Obviously, the fantasy playoffs, one has a little bit of an advantage over the other. But, no, Christian McCaffrey, that... That can't – he's just something else, man. I I can't say enough about him, and I definitely would be looking to take him top five, easily top five. And he may move up. I mean, there's a lot of intangibles that are going to take place. We don't know where Le'Veon Bell is going to be. Is Le'Veon Bell even still worthy of a top five pick? There's a lot of things that are going to play out over this offseason that we just don't know yet. But Christian McCaffrey has proved – He's an elite pass catcher. He's an elite running back. He's an elite playmaker. And the guy's worthy of a early. This episode is
2: brought to you by decoy wines of Sonoma, California. Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion.
0: Geico presents uh, yet another voicemail from your roommate.
4: Hi. So about the kitchen. Turns out when there's a grease fire, you're not supposed to throw water on
1: it. (laughs) Who would have known, right? Anyways, the fire department is here, and it's totally cool. Give me a call back when you get a chance.
0: The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if danger is your roommate's middle name. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.
3: Insurance selection. Yeah, I'm just looking at this now. Obviously, Gurley is is your number one running back on the season, but McCaffrey's not far behind him. He is number two, and then look who's in third. It's Mr. Barkley himself. So a nice job on, yeah. on the McCaffrey and, and, and Barkley um, hype uh, you, you certainly nailed both those guys in your drafts for sure um, and speaking of of having a great season uh, your Chicago Bears Jeremy that offense has been a lot of fun to watch at times this year but it's been a diff- uh, kind of difficult to get a handle on it as far as fantasy starting and, and sitting purposes because it seems like it's a different guy every week we've had Allen Robinson with a couple of spike weeks Anthony Miller with a couple of spike weeks Taylor, Taylor Gabriel obviously Trey Burton um, Jordan Howard ha- had one or two, and then you, you've, I guess Tariq Cohen has, has sort of been the most consistent guy there, and then Mitchell Trubisky too. I mean he's a guy that has uh, it, looked awesome one week, and then you know the following week he'll, he'll throw a bunch of picks uh, against the Rams. So it's it's one of those weird things. But who do you feel good about if uh, with you know in Championship Week as the, as the Bears uh, take on the Niners, who do you feel good about starting from Chicago in Week 16?
4: Well. I think the defense special teams, the Chicago are the most valuable starter on their team right now. Right. But since you asked about specifically offense, I'd have to say Tariq Cohen. And oddly enough, we didn't really own much of them. And once again, this is another thing that can be blamed on me. (laughs) By several people, actually, starting even in Kentucky with the Kentucky, the KFFFC, People were asking me what I thought about the Chicago Offense. You know, I was telling them, I thought, you know, they'd be much approved over the abominations that were produced under John Fox's tenure. Right. So I own this rental property. It's right near Olivet Nazarene University, the training camp for the Chicago Bears. So I watched a lot over the years. That's where my wife and I used to live before we moved to where we're at now. And literally, we could watch out our kitchen window and see the training camp between the two houses. We were just a few hundred feet away from the actual training camp. So I spent an inordinate amount of time the last few, probably the last seven, eight years that they've been there just watching training camp. One thing that I noticed during training camp was that Jordan Howard was receiving just a ton of reps, but not so much Tariq Cohen. So when people ask me about this whole coach speak thing that was going on by Nagy in the preseason, I don't know if you remember that, but Nagy was saying that Howard was going to be an every down back, and it was just all this talk. So I bought into it, as many others did. I just didn't see Cohen getting the reps in the training camp. And I wasn't sure if it was Nagy being secretive or if he had, you know, just had to see Howard not be able to get it done before you know, like he had before, but Cohen eventually was the right choice, and I didn't make it because I was extremely down in, on Jordan Howard early in the drafting season, specifically because of his lack of catches and this new offense is new being implemented. So I got baited into it thinking, okay, I'm going to these training camps. I'm seeing the reps. They're just giving rep after rep after rep to Jordan Howard. Now, it might have just been that Nagy knew what he had in Tariq Cohen. He wanted to see if Howard had it. But I got baited into it, and it hurt a lot of teams because I drafted Howard earlier than I should have after being down on him just because I was seeing that exposure. So to answer your question – defense special team Chicago and Tariq Cohen and you really can't count on anybody else week to week.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think you're right and and I think that's been sort of, you know, I've asked this question of a lot of, of, of high stakes players and, and it seems like that's that's been the over overwhelming response is, you know, it's pretty rare when when you can't play the defense, but Cohen makes for an excellent uh, start at running back and, and for sure, if I mean, if you're loaded at running back, for sure a flex, but uh, I'm with you on that, and I and I don't see it uh, changing anytime soon. That's really interesting about Jordan Howard, the fact that not only was the coach talking him up uh, in in Matt Nagy saying that he viewed him as a as a three down back, but he's backing it up by giving him a ton of reps in in practice. I I don't know if that was like any purposeful misdirection to kind of like keep Cohen uh, in bubble wrap or keep him under because we kind of knew what he was capable of given what we saw the the season before. Um, But we're just going to have to realize that going forward, whatever Matt Nagy does, whatever he says to the media and whatever he does in training camp, we can't necessarily take him at his word anymore because of uh, of Exhibit A of of Tariq Cohen.
4: I witnessed it firsthand, I can tell you. I was there for quite a few of those. And Howard was getting the reps and Cohen wasn't. And, you know, I hitched... (laughs) I hitched to the wrong wagon there. And I I am not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. My initial instinct was correct. And coach speak, which we should never let influence us. I let influence me. And I started moving up Jordan Howard. And unfortunate for a lot of people, people were asking me. And I was like, you know, this is what I'm seeing. Take it with a grain of salt. This right. is what I'm seeing. So. Yeah. I I personally am not spending the pick on Cohen, and it blew up in my face. And I'm the first one to admit when I'm wrong. <laughs> but that was one that I botched. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one.
3: And, and I'll tell you what, you know, nine times out of ten, I I play it the same way you would have too. It's 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 really difficult when when you look at the history of stuff like that happening, um, where where a coach is talking a player up, where you're seeing it with your own eyes in practice and then it's, it totally flips on its, uh, on its head in, in, the, in the regular season where it's going the opposite way. That almost never happens. It's just you know one of those things that you store away, you, you take the L, and, and you move on and, and, uh, and, and just do better next time. And uh, I have no doubt uh, that we all will from it. Um, let's, you're, we're talking about KFFSC before. Let's get back to that uh, because you guys, as we are going into the final weekend, you and Danny Mueller leading the entire main event right now. How I know you initially didn't feel great about this team, but it's really come on. How good do you feel about your chances now to win the whole thing? And how good is that team uh, shaping up for this final week?
4: You know, it's really hard to project. You know, especially after what we just saw in weeks thirteen and fifteen specifically. You know, I'm the the great Doctor Hakey, who is Brandon right Hakey, on sure, the table. Yeah. Yes. He has a he has a very similar lineup to us, and I think he's only three or four points behind us. And you know, we have common players of Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, Chris Carson. So those are four pretty big players at this juncture of everything. So we're going to need somebody on our roster like a Zach Ertz or a Nick Chubb or an Alshon Jeffrey to step it up. And that's a double-edged sword because you never know who below you has those guys with a different combination, and they're going to catapult. But if he gets Connor back, that's going to certainly put pressure on us to maintain our very slim margin that we have over him. You know, like I just said, you have to factor in someone below us and maybe they have one of those guys that we have that exceed you know does exceedingly well, but they have the right combination. And you know, it's just the perfect storm lineup where all their players do extremely well and they go surging up the leading board. We just have to hope that we have the you know enough of a lead combined with what our players can put up and push on for a championship. But it, it, it's gonna be tough. There's there's a lot of teams below us. It's not a huge margin, but, you know, I'm confident we we grind it out. We do what we do, and it'll be done the way it's done. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see what happens in Week 16. But I'm not counting us out at all. We're certainly in first. But – it's not something that I'm saying. It's a definite lock by any means. Yeah. Anybody can move up at any point in time. So we'll have to see what happens. But I, I do like our team. We have a good team.
3: Yeah, I mean, somebody puts up like a, a, a 210 or 220, and all of a sudden they vault up. It's just one of the, you know. It's one of those things where it's like we only have one week left of of, of fantasy football in the regular season. And then we'll get to the playoff challenge and everything like that. But right now we only have one week left. Um, and to me, Jeremy, I don't know if you agree with this. Week 16 is one of the, especially when you have so much online, it is one, not only is the weekend of football incredibly long, it seems like there's so much football, the, the week leading up to it, I mean, the days leading up to, you know, we don't have a Thursday game this week, but leading up to the Saturday games, then everything that's going to happen on Sunday. Then you still have the Monday night game. I mean, it is just, it, especially we have you know six-figure prizes on the line it's just it's an eternity and especially when you're up at the top like this and you're and you're sweating things out it is it's exhilarating but it is also exhausting
1: oh absolutely
3: it's going to be one of those absolutely. Things, it, it it's like you know it like we're going to be watching and Monday... on, on we're going to be watching on Christmas Eve the Broncos and the Raiders, and, and that, no, that. that's what I was just gonna say. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the game, the game to end everything is the Raiders and the Broncos. The Broncos at the Raiders of all things. So, I mean, <laughs> how's that for a finale? Two teams that basically have nothing to play for, and it's going to determine fantasy championships in some respect. It will because whether it be a, a kicker or just some random player it's going to make an impact it's crazy it's crazy that's what it is that's that's what we do
3: um it uh, that is gonna be such a a fun fun game to watch uh you know normally i wouldn't even care about those two teams but with so much online it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of fun football that night uh getting back to danny mueller and you uh, over the last decade, hundreds—I don't know—a thousand, a couple thousand teams. I have no idea how many you guys have owned over the years, but it's obviously this pairing, uh, this dynamic, what, what you guys have going—it's a successful one because you've won a lot of money doing it. What has been the secret? What has what, what's 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 the what's the secret sauce that that you guys have discovered? Uh, that you, you know, you're, that you're falling into line like, like Bonnie and Clyde, and and just, you know, uh, like um, uh, Monroe and Fraser, if you will. What, what has been um, the secret to to your success in in uh, in working together so well over the last ten years or, or how, however long it's been?
4: Well, you hit it on the head. We just work well together. We're peanut butter and jelly, Bonnie and Clyde, however you want to say it. <laughs> that's just what we are we're so often on the same page with our player valuations and our strategies and everything. And we just allow each other to do our things. And, you know, there's we never argue. It's just, there's no arguments. We've been doing this for almost a decade now. And I can't narrow it down to one or two specific things. Sometimes things just mesh. And that's how Danny and I work together. It just works. And a lot of people... Have said to us in the past, you know, I, you know, I can't agree with this guy, and you know, we tried to do a split team, and we were arguing every week. And, and as you alluded to, Danny and I have done thousands of these. We don't argue, and we both give our suggestions. And if the way that Danny and I have our agreement is, if you draft the team, you manage it. We all both offer input, but if you draft it, you manage it. And that's it. And we do not scuffle about it. We don't anything and we live with the results. And it's been fantastic. I cannot imagine a person being better to partner with than Danny Mueller for fantasy football.
3: And, and especially and, and the other thing uh, that you've learned is any any big 12 player, you just concede to like whatever his analysis is because he's got the handle on it.
4: Absolutely.
3: Well, <laughs> it's too bad. Yeah. It's too bad. Kyler Murray's uh, uh, playing baseball because he would have been an interesting guy for, <laughs> for Danny to get excited about for dynasty uh, next year. If he would come to the NFL, uh, that'll be a shame. That's a missed opportunity um jeremy you listen this has been a lot of fun you've been very gracious with your time i certainly appreciate it thank you so much last thing before i let you go and you can you can feel free to involve your own teams uh in on this question you can just talk about uh the just give an answer in general but if there's any week 16 sleepers out there uh, a guy that that maybe a lot of high stakes players are, are it's an afterthought for him uh they're, they're probably not going to play him but a guy that you think is worth starting consideration this week, who would it be? And then conversely, a guy that um, maybe has has been in lineups most every week this season, um, but you are uh, more than a little bit nervous about deploying him in championship week.
4: Oh, boy. Well, the sleeper, that's kind of tough with waivers locking right. quite a while ago, but... Now, I'm not really sure he's necessarily a sleeper or not, but Tevin Coleman might actually be worthy of a start with Ido Smith going on IR. And actually, it's kind of funny. Danny and I had a lineup decision to make in a football guys championship. And uh, we had to choose between Damien Williams and Aaron Jones. Now... Aaron Jones has been the more consistent guy all year, but I was a big advocate for Damian Williams. I, when the Kareem Hunt news broke, everybody that didn't own Spencer Ware, which he was pretty well-owned, you know, I went out, I grabbed Damian Williams just as a long shot. So when the Spencer Ware injury happened, I'm like, yeah, we got to start this guy. So it came down to a lead where we were pretty loaded at running back. And basically a flex spot came down to Damian Williams and Aaron Jones. And I was like, We get, you know, I wanna let's just start Aaron or let's start Damien Williams. I know Aaron Jones is he's been really good, but he's facing the Bears. I think Damien Williams has explosive upside. And we ended up going with Damian Williams. And it really panned out, especially with the Aaron Jones injury, but you know, that's neither here nor there. I think tevin coleman again even though you know last week he was facing you know arizona who gives up a lot of rushing yards. now with the edo smith injury i think he's a sneaky play you got guys like elijah mcguire jamal williams you know those guys those guys they, they may not be so sleeperish, but but I'm for, not a big for, Jamal week.
3: I mean, for for like, but I mean, Jamal. That's a, that's a perfect example. A guy that you know really has not been started by a lot of people all season long. That all of a sudden, hey, they're facing the Jets. No Aaron Jones. You have to look at this guy as at least as a flex.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. And and you know what? When Mike McCarthy is, you know, he's a Bears fan. I've hated Mike McCarthy forever. So I figured Mike McCarthy gets fired. He's an idiot. They're finally going to – they're going to finally run the wheels. They're going to run the wheels off Aaron Jones. In the first game that Joe Feldman coaches, Jamal Williams is still getting all these snaps that everybody was blaming. Everybody's blaming this on, you know, Mike McCarthy. Jamal Williams is still getting them. And I guess it has something to do with pass protection. I don't know. I don't really watch the Packers much because I hate them. But, you know, whatever it is –
3: And and he, and 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 Jamal and I, I think you're right with the, with the pass pro. I, I think that's what it is. I was really surprised. I guess here's how I look you're at I, I I look at Jamal Williams, oh. Jeremy in 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 round Brown, sixteen in week sixteen. I look at Jamal Williams as, um, he's facing the Jets. Look what he did against maybe the best defense in the NFL the previous week in, in the Bears. You know he puts up almost a hundred total yards gets in the end zone. I'm like, if he can do that against the bears when, when the Packers are, let's face it, essentially playing for nothing, uh, you know, the previous week they, they needed, you know, uh, you know, it would have been easier to, to, to win the lottery than, than make the playoffs in in the convoluted scenario uh, that, that they wouldn't have needed to happen. Um, If he could do that against the bears, what could he do against the jets? I mean, he really impressed me uh, the previous week and I don't, I don't own him anywhere in any leagues that matter for me in week 16. But man, if if I did, I'd be I'd be riding that right up until uh, until one Eastern time on on Sunday and 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 then make my decision then because I I have to take a long look at at what he's capable of this week.
4: Absolutely, absolutely, and some other guys that come to mind are like Isaiah McKenzie from the Buffalo yeah. Bills and Robert Foster you know they're going to be down at Foxborough. And Josh Allen's become this, you know, great rushing quarterback that nobody predicted and he leads the league in quarterback rushing over Lamar Jackson over the last few weeks, whatever. But Isaiah McKenzie and Robert Foster have both been very kind of sneaky plays. And if they're going to have to play catch-up, you never know what can happen. But to get to the second part of your question, I guess if you can consider Cam Newton still to be a stud, I don't know how anybody could start him with that shoulder and how he's looked. And I'd also say that Melvin Gordon coming off the injury against Baltimore would be kind of in the discussion. But then I look back, week 14, you know, you got Ware and – Damian Williams, who combined for 28, 23 rush attempts for 89 yards and a touchdown. Week 15, you got Peyton Barber rushing for 19 yards, 85 yards and a touchdown. So I don't know if that's really one, but given that the Chargers have the propensity right now to pass the ball, Melvin Gordon coming off an injury against a stout defense, maybe you want to sit Melvin Gordon definitely not playing cam if you have another option because as you alluded to earlier that shoulder just you can you can feel the pain in your shoulder watching them try to throw the yeah
3: ball. yep um let me ask you this you have josh allen at the patriots you have cam newton at home against the falcons which one are you starting if, if those are your two, two quarterback choices
4: I'm playing Josh Allen. I think personally. I am too. I am. It's
3: crazy. It sounds crazy, but I think I am too.
4: You have to. I mean, Cam displayed that something's not right. If Booger McFarlane can recognize it, then, <laughs> then, it then everybody honest. has to. Yes. Um, the guy's an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> Football, But he can even say, oh, something's not right with Cam. Well, yeah, obviously something's not right. He's never been an accurate passer, but some of those throws were dreadful. Yeah. And it, it was bad. Josh Allen. Josh Allen's going to be playing catch up. He can rush. He can bomb it down the field. I'm not saying he's the most accurate passer, but they're going to be playing catch up. We know that. They're 14 point dogs or 13 and a half point dogs. There's going to be some yards to be made trying to catch up. I'm definitely, 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 definitely even though Falcons defense has been suspect I'm definitely playing Josh Allen if that's my only two options
3: yeah no I'm with you I think that's a smart decision uh for for sure um uh, Jeremy I I totally agree with you there I've agreed actually with a lot of stuff that you said tonight so it makes me feel better not only about my fantasy teams this year but going forward uh I wish you uh good sir nothing but the best of luck in in the FFPC the FPC the KFFSC and everywhere uh that you have action going on uh this weekend it is going to be a monumental week it is going to be a very fun week a uh, very exciting week and probably a week that we will be talking about uh for uh several uh months <coughs> to come until we get ready for 2019 draft so dude thanks so much for for joining me on the uh rotoviz uh, high stakes slowdown it has been a pleasure and we will talk again real soon